This is the podcast Acting for Sustainability. Our goal is to help you raising your awareness in your everyday life decisions regarding consumption and production. So welcome everyone to this new episode of Acting for Sustainability. Today it will be me, Sarah, talking and we are really happy to welcome our guests. So Henry, can you present yourself briefly and describe what job you're doing for Kalstad Municipality? Yeah, sure. So, hi everyone. Nice to be here. My, so, my name is Henrik Barkman, and I am a project manager and environmental strategist at the Karlstad municipal, Municipality. Well, previously, before working at Karlstad uh, Municipality, I, uh, I did some work at Fairtrade, fair you know, the label that you can find at coffee and bananas and much more things. And then I uh, continued to, uh, as a PhD candidate, Stockholm University, uh, researching sustainable consumption. And then I decided to, uh, that I wanted to do some more like hands-on work. So I, uh, I moved back to Karlstad and I started working for uh, the municipality. And at the same time, parallel, I finished up my, my, my job at the, at, the, at the university. And after that, I, from all the time I've been working in Karlstad municipality, I worked in parallel with an, with an own project uh, developing an app that makes it easier for people to borrow stuff instead of buying new. So it's called Svinja. Okay, that's good. Um, so which studies did you do? Yeah, so yeah, so I'm a political scientist, actually, in, uh, when it comes to edu- education. But uh, my focus in, in my studies has, has always been, uh, I've always had an environmental focus or sustainable fo- sustainability focus in my, in my studies and in my, uh, as a PhD candidate as, as well. And um, also been very focused on like behaviors and how people behave. So why, why do you think you've always had an interest on those topics, sustainable development, consumption? Where do you think it comes from? So I think it just comes from uh, sort of like a sense of uh, fairness, I think, actually. Yeah, I started like when I, when I was younger, feeling that I wanted to do, do something good in the world. <laughs> and I didn't know what, and what was most important at the time, but I started uh, being uh, engaged in, in uh, amnesty, working for human rights. So it was a very broad perspective. And uh, later on, I, like, I found myself, I, I attended this uh, lecture about uh, companies not behaving so good. <laughs> And I started to be more and more uh, engaged in issues revolving corporate social responsibility and uh, sustainable consumption and just the market as an arena as for politics, I think. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 start, that interest started to grow in me. And then I moved on from Amnesty and, uh, and uh, joined like <laughs> sort of the, the, the fair trade movements. And from there, <laughs> it's uh, I'm like my interest just grew. And uh, later on, I came to like realize what you say that uh, sort of perhaps like the the environmental degradation is sort of like one of the main main uh, issues when it comes to also fairness and human rights and uh, people living in uh, under just conditions. So yeah, I have a quite like people centric perspective on my on my work even though I'm uh, and the environment is my focus that's really interesting 
Because I think it's really important today not only to think about the environmental aspect, but also the human, because Definitely. I think both goes hands in hand together. Yeah, I totally agree. That's, uh, and it's sometimes forgot, forgotten, uh, unfortunately. But we need to we need to work with the like all three pillars of sustainability all together: economic, economical, and social perspective, and also the environmental dimension. Absolutely. So um, previously, when we talked by email, you told me you're an environmental strategist. Yeah. So what is it exactly? What do you do? On the yeah, table? I often I often ask myself that uh, as well. So, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so if, if I could like try to like put it down very, very briefly, I would say that we are working to like support and create conditions for other, uh, other people doing much more hands-on work in the, in the municipality. So we are doing like analysis, how, how things are going when it comes to our goals that we're, we have set in the Karlstad municipality, but also coordination. So we are also like coordinating different groups within the municipality. So you talked about the goals in Karstad municipality. Is it only sustainable development goals or is it global? What goals are there? So like our steering model, what do you call it in English, is, uh, is based on, we have a vision, of course, and then we have, uh, um, <laughs> I forgot the exact, the exact number of goals. I think it is 22, but it could be 23 or 24 <laughs> as well. I think it's, went, uh, let's say, 22 like overarching goals that is uh, for the whole unit, for the for the whole of Karlstad. Uh, so including our like including people living here, including uh, the the different uh, departments within the municipality or municipalities organizations, and also including the the companies that are that are owned by the municipality. So these are like 22 goals, and they are. Uh, not only focused on uh, environmental uh, issues, I, I would say like it's one, like one quarter of them. So it's like four different uh, sections of goals, if you, if you like. And this, those sections of goals are focusing on like sort of like the economical uh, dimension of sustainability, the social uh, dimension of sustainability, the environmental uh, dimension. And then we also have one perspective about how, uh, how we should work internally, especially when it comes to being like a, a, a good employer and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Okay, so um, if we want to be more precise, what are the environmental goals in Kostad? Put it down simply, we have uh, five goals, five goals around the, the, the environmental dimension. And the first one is focused on, uh, on climate, that we, sh we should be fossil free and climate smart in Karlstad and uh, then we have other goals focusing on uh, more like uh, like the about the air quality and the water, water quality as well uh, we also have a goal around uh, chemicals uh, we shouldn't be polluted by chemicals in Karlstad also yeah we also have a goal around the bio biodiversity and finally uh, the goal that I am working most with uh, a goal for sustainable consum consumption, that consumption in Karlstad should be sustainable and should also be like resource cheap, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. so resource effective, perhaps you can also. And that last goal is very focused on like circular economy. 
So sustainable consumption cost ads, as of today, how is it according to you? It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, I mean, I would say that we have like two parallel processes. The one, one of them is very positive and then the other one is perhaps not so positive. And the, but, the, but the good news is that there are, we are we are moving forward when it comes to like buying secondhand people's awareness of environmental issues. And uh, we're also seeing more and more like businesses and organizations that are like in some sort supporting these ideas and making it easier for people living in Costa to consume sustainably. sustainably. So that is like the one, one of the processes and that is really good and it's really cool. And then we have the other part where we still see that our like material consumption is still increasing too much and we need to decrease it of course i think that's as you probably know that is the that that goes for all of sweden and many high-income countries that we have those two parallel processes and what do you think could be a solution to decrease this overconsumption that we are facing today yeah that is one of the most important questions you could ask yourself i think I think uh, I think you only need to do two things, <laughs> but those might not be that easy. But I think that you could divide it into like solutions for like the short term and in the long term, and we need to do both both of these things. But in the short term, I think the most effective thing we can do is to take people's attitudes and uh, values and like the structures of society for granted, and then trying to. Uh, design and invent solutions that fit into those structures and into those attitudes and uh, stuff like that. We have seen that if we if one do that, you can uh, you can accomplish change quite fast. So uh, when you look at so that is very like innovation based, I would say. Mm -hmm. And you can see how like people's behaviors have changed quite rapidly when it comes to stuff like Spotify using that service mm -hmm. instead of regular uh, CDs and stuff. And uh, you can also see it when it comes to like um, sc using scooters in uh, large cities. That is something that has changed people's behaviors uh, quite, quite rapidly. So I think that it's possible also for sustainable consumption. So that was like the short term, but that will, that will, that will of course not be enough. So in the long term, we of course need to also work on like the structures of structures of society, our culture, the, the incentives for how we consume, like laws and uh, other financial policies, all like the infrastructures of society. Again, two other processes that we need to like move forward. It would be very wise if that those short-term visions could be in line with the more like long-term goals of rethinking some stuff in our society, larger, larger stuff in society. Yeah, that's a long process. Yeah, of course it is. It is. But um, sometimes change can also happen fast, as, we, as we've seen. So, as I understood, you're working in this sector for your whole career. So, do you have in yeah. mind maybe major changes that you've seen or good transformations that you, you witnessed? Yeah, so it's, it's quite easy to like uh, not seeing what actually has happened for the past 10 years or so. So I, uh, as I said earlier, I worked for Fairtrade in uh, like 2007. And uh, that was one of the years where Fairtrade really boomed in the market. So have very strong, very strong growth of Fairtrade products. 
and before that that was a very like low supply of fair products before before those years so there is like one change we have seen this the same thing when it comes to organic food so i think that uh, one example that has happened quite fast over the next over the over the just just the just the last three years or something is people moving on from like uh, consuming a lot of meat more vegetarian products so we uh, we have seen from from a, we have seen an, like an increase of meat consumption for like forever almost yeah. but that, that actually peaked i think it was three years ago that it peaked and from that it has actually decreased a little little bit and we also see that like the vegetarian products are taking more and more market shares so that is a a huge change which also has happened uh, without actually much political incentives or political decisions mm-hmm. i would say Another thing that has changed is how we how we speak about sustainable consumption. I think like when I started in this uh, in this line of work, we almost only spoke about like consuming better, and then and what we meant by that was like choosing labeled goods mainly, like choosing fair trade, choosing organic food, trying to find like textile materials that was better than others, things like that. Also recycling. But I think in the in the last years we we actually been like able to start at least speaking about that somehow we need to decrease our material consumption and that is a big change I think in how we speak about these issues. Mm-hmm. What do you mean exactly by material consumption? Yeah, so I think that you you need to separate like service con- consumption of services. And consumption of uh, materials because it is uh, mainly the consumption of materials that is uh, the ones that are affecting the the environment. Uh, okay. So and that, and that and that is where circular economy comes in as one as one attempt to 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 solve this puzzle. And how is circular economy in Kostad? Because we wonder, is it possible to buy local food in Kostad or is there a circular economy? Yeah, so um, that is uh, another topic that I've been working a lot uh, a lot with uh, in the last years. To mention one thing, we have, uh, we have a project called Sharing Towns, where we're trying to develop the sharing economy and also like secondhand more uh, secondhand market and also like repairing in Kostad. And we started we started the project in 2019, but we actually started that that focus uh, a couple of years before that. What we've been doing is uh, we we've been like focused on trying to support people who have ideas and innovation in this area and see how, how can a municipality, how can we support them uh, in, in uh, yeah, developing their ideas. And mainly uh, what we've been doing is giving advices, very much just doing some matchmaking to like giving them advice about who, who to speak with. And then we also have done a lot of like communications uh, camp- campaigns mm-hmm. and trying to like guide the people living in Costa to, to find all these wonderful uh, initiatives for the sake of uh, like making it easier for them to consume more sustainable. And uh, we have something called a smart map where you can find all, all secondhand stores, all like sharing, uh, sharing initiatives, you know, like for borrowing, renting and sharing. 
and uh, I think there are about 130 different uh, initiatives on that map, and it has grown quite significantly uh, the last in the last years. If our listeners want to find this map, this map, for example, where can they find it? Yes, yeah, so then then you just uh, yeah type in uh, smartakartan.se. And uh, there you will find all the, all the smart maps from uh, all of Sweden. So I think it's like five five uh, cities that has that you are using this smart map. Usually, when you are working in projects, so you're also involving local shops or local people working in Kostads. And what is the place of the citizens? Are you usually working with them, or how can you involve them in your process? Good question, and I think that uh, just to get it out of the way, Costa Costa has been like a top ranked uh, municipality in uh, like in several several rankings, and I just wanted to mention that. But and, one, and a couple of things that we've been doing that we've been quite early with is well, first uh, we've been working quite heavily on on transportation issues. We were very early when it comes to like uh, doing a green traffic plan. Uh, we invested heavily in biking lanes and uh, much more. We also have been working with like energy and uh, investments in uh, like by our our uh, energy company, uh, which have uh, have phased out oil from energy production, which has uh, yeah a huge impact, of course. But we were also very early in Costa with working with uh, the people living in Costa, using like we perhaps we call like soft tools. For her, for sustainability. So we, uh, I think it was, I don't know what what year it was <laughs> launched, but I think it was in the like in the 90s, 90s. Yeah, I think so. Uh, where we started something called the rådrummet, like the the advisory room, where mm-hmm. people can come and get advices about uh, well consumer issues, but also about sustainable sustainable lifestyle issues and uh, transportation energy uh, waste and uh, much much more so uh, so i think we were absolutely one of the first who uh, like had this function in, in uh, by by a municipality and we well of course we gave advices but we also did like campaigns we had like a coaching projects where 100 families participated and got like coaching in uh, sustainable lifestyle yeah, so we started that quite early, and as I said, we our focus was on uh, uh, transportation, energy, and waste, and also like on uh, re- recycling and like using product labels. And then we moved on more to like this circle perspective that we've been that we've been talking talking about. So, but but your question was uh, like involving and, and involving citizens, and I think this it's it's really crucial that you that you do that, and uh, the municipality absolutely have all. All the means to do that as well so communication of course is like the main tool here but you can also like do other sort of other other things like just just getting people to to meet and doing like workshops and asking people what they think that having that dialogue and i think also like uh, social media could have a at least a small small part here here as well and i think that is one area that uh, has been very successful mm-hmm. Okay. And can you see maybe um, a generational gap between the younger generations and the older generations? In the when it comes to like uh, the interest for sustainable lifestyles or like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's often, it, it, it is often said, and I think it is also shown in research that younger people are more interested in environmental issues. But I can't say that I've seen it that significantly in our work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, would, I wouldn't like over-exaggerate that factor. Yeah, as I said, we see it in research and we see it in, in, other, in other like writings, but, but uh, I haven't seen that, that, uh, that much actually, I wouldn't say. Do you have maybe an example of a project you have been working on, like something really concrete in Castel Municipality that you have done? Yeah, so I mentioned brief- briefly our Sharing Towns project. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a part of a national prog- program called uh, Sharing Cities Sweden, which aims to develop sharing economy in, uh, in Sweden and put, put Sweden on the map when it comes to sharing economy. And uh, the program is developing uh, four test beds in uh, Gothenburg, Stockholm, Umeå and Malmö. And Karlstad is also included in this program as a sort of like a stri- strategic, pro- pro- uh, strategic project. And, uh, and our focus and we, what we are exploring is how we can make uh, sharing economy work outside the, the big cities. Because it's sometimes like sort of like assume that sharing, sharing economy and using like digital platforms is something that is mostly for, uh, for larger cities. And it's, that is no, it's not, yeah, it's not true. It may look a little bit different here in, uh, in uh, small and medium cities, but it's definitely very viable also in, also in those cities. So that has been our focus in the last, in the last couple of years. And uh, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, we have met so many people having, uh, very great ideas in this area and uh, for example we've been uh, we've been supporting uh, Fritidsbanken I don't know if you heard about it it's uh, perhaps you could translate it to the, like the leisure leisure bank and it's like a lab library for recreational equipment where you can borrow stuff for free and uh, use it for two, two weeks and then uh, give it back so yeah, we have uh, the largest Fritzbanken of Sweden here in here in uh, in Karlstad at Kronparken. So we're trying to support them in any way we can, and uh, and we also been working with so with uh, more like external initiatives. You say outside the um, outside the municipality. One is called Farmers Atelier. That is a group of uh, mainly people, mainly women not born in Sweden who gathers and are sewing together. And they are also like wanting to to collect working clothes from uh, larger organizations, and uh, that has been worn out, and then resue them into something else that the same organization would need. So that's quite quite brilliant, I think. We've also been working with uh, a company called uh, Reko Roben. It's like a common like what do you say like a clo- like a clothing wardrobe for the entire Karlstad. So you, you become a member and then you can borrow uh, to like four or five uh, clothes for as long as you want to. Okay. I would also like to mention Tola Bygg Återbruk, which is uh, a secondhand store for yeah, furniture and stuff like that. Currently it is owned by the municipality and uh, people who are in work programs are how are doing all the, all the, all the, all the work. 
our goal is that it would be self-supported cooperative in the future by those people, owned by those people. really great initiatives i've never heard about the term sharing economy before so oh okay yeah. perhaps i should explain that a little bit more but your definition so that people could yes that is when uh, that is when people are renting swapping giving sharing uh sharing stuff instead of buying new mm-hmm. and uh, the aim is to to make use of underused assets and it often is like peer-to-peer based, or perhaps like in, in case of uh, Fritidsbanken and also Rekroben, that uh, regular people are donating uh, something, and then you have this pool uh, of uh, like Rekroben and Fritidsbanken, who then uh, is lending it to, uh, to other people. And I think that, that one, to, to like the, 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 poster, the poster child for, for sharing economy is Airbnb, so that uh, perhaps some people have heard about where you can like rent a short, short time rentals of people's uh, houses or part of houses and rooms and stuff like that. And do you think in the future, maybe in, I don't know, 20, 50 years, sharing economy could be the main model of consumption? Also a very good question. I think that uh, some, some years ago, it was a really large hype around the sharing economy. And it was... Uh, it was said that this was going to transform our whole economy within just five years. And that was, I think that was just uh, <laughs> sort of like reckless uh, statements, I think. And it was, uh, of course, it hasn't moved as fast as that. It hasn't for, for, for different reasons, but it is, it is growing. And I think it's, uh, it's taking, uh, taking more and more market shares, I think within different areas. And I think that uh, the economy and the, uh, 10 years or so, I don't think it would be mainly based on sharing economy, but I think it will be a little bit different than it is now. And I think it will be more of like a multitude of uh, models that are perhaps inspired by sharing sharing economy. But I I think I would use like a a little bit broader, a a more broad concept of circular economy, perhaps, because I don't think that it would be dominated by like peer-to-peer solutions, perhaps. Even that will, I, I hope that we will have a, have a place as well. And I think that will grow as, as, as well. But uh, I think it'll be a, like a more of a, a mixture of different models, I think. Mm-hmm. And do you use sharing economy in your everyday life as well? Yeah, I would say I, would say I do. We, uh, I live nearby Fritzbanken, so we, we use it regularly. Okay. We do. When, like for when we're going skiing and for uh, like uh, hiking or uh, nature trips in the forest and um, borrow stuff for that. And we, all, and we are constantly borrowing things from our neighbors, yeah, sometimes with, uh, with the help of the app that I'm also part of developing. So, yeah. yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, secondhand, uh, buying secondhand is not like strictly, strictly included in sharing economy, but I think they, it is very closely related. And uh, in our family, we almost only buy secondhand. That's great. Yeah, about Sweden in general, how would you see sustainable consumption in production? Is it as developed in, as in Karlstad or do you think Karlstad is really an exception? I think Karlstad usually is a very, 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 very medium city in, lot of, in lots of aspects. It's like the, a very medium-sized city. And I think that uh, at least uh, historically, when we look at people, how people vote, you could look at Karlstad and you could uh, determine how the 
how the how the election national election would go. Yeah, so it's it is very medium, and but perhaps I'm a little bit biased here. I've been bragging a little bit <laughs> during this talk, but uh, I definitely think that we are at, we are we're still at the forefront when it comes to this these issues. I really I really believe that actually we've been working on, around these issues for so long. And I think that really like sparked so many things. And we like both when it comes to like individuals taking initiatives, companies taking initiatives. And we saw it seems like we've built some kind of culture and understanding around the sustainability issues. I would also like to give like credit to well companies. Uh, I think Lerberis has been one uh, front runner. I would also like to give credit to politicians in the Karlstad who has been like trying to find common ground around the environment and not see not seeing it as a as like a true political question. Uh, but I think that at the same time we are struggling with the same issues as, as uh, the whole of Sweden are, are doing as I mentioned as, as I mentioned earlier we are moving forward when it comes to, to some issues but in the in the larger picture we are still an, uh, a nation of <laughs> overconsumption and uh, mm -hmm. that is still a quite a problem also in cost of course if you had to give advices to our listeners if they want to improve their consumption how what would you say to them yes the most concrete and most like simple most thing, simple thing you can do is to actually like visit the web website that i that i mentioned earlier because you can because you can really like explore and uh, Yeah, find a lot of really good and smart and uh, nice initiatives there. Search for uh, Smart Map Sweden or Smarta Kartan uh, Karlstad, and you you will you will find it, and you can just look around and see what's nearby in your in your area. Okay. Uh, otherwise, there are a lot a lot of like simple things you can do also in your in your own life. You could uh, you could start your own like we have this solution that we call Skåpet Tag, like the locker, uh, the give and take locker, <laughs> if I can translate it to, to English. Those kind of like lockers and uh, shelves and where people can give and take stuff have been around for some for for a while. And we a couple of years, some years ago we we decided to like make a, like a more like a concept of it and we we call it Skåpetage in Swedish and uh, put these lockers in the preschools so parents could uh, just leave the clothes and shoes that the, their kids have outgrown and other parents in at the preschool could, uh, could take from the locker. So and that is something that you could of course set up by yourself perhaps in your like uh, in your community in your local in your neighborhood uh, or at your workplace and uh, or something. And we also actually have a guide for it, <laughs> how to do that. If you need some uh, uh, some direction and, and guide guidance, uh, you can find it. You can just uh, search for uh, Skåpetage and Karlstad. I will put uh, the link in the description if people want to have a look. Yeah, time. good, 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 good. <laughs> Otherwise, today, if I can get more, give more suggestions, perhaps. I think that if if you are actually buying something, um, buying something, well, I think that. Uh, Buying secondhand is really like uh, something that is decreasing your environmental impact. Mm -hmm. so, so that is good. If you feel that you really need to buy something new, I think that the best thing you can do is buy something that has the, like the, the best quality as possible as you can afford. Mm -hmm. 
should of course also remember that everyone doesn't have all the, the same economical circumstances. So that would be my advice to buy as perhaps expensive or at least the best quality as you can afford. That would be like the most sustainable thing you can do when it comes to buying something new. You can also, of course, look out for or, or look for look for you know, la the different labeling schemes. Perhaps when you're buying food and uh, and also clothes and other stuff. Yeah, because I think today such a big problem, especially I think among young people, is that we buy so much that we don't need and it's so cheap. So that the clothes we buy, for example, are so bad quality and we never keep it for more than. I don't know, six months, you wash them twice and then it's completely yeah. different, so. Yeah, and there's a, there a lot of things that we, uh, we have forgotten when it comes to like, in our culture, I would say, like when it comes to materials, especially like textile materials, how they are like somewhat more sustainable than others, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of things uh, you can do there. Could I just mention another thing that I think that we're doing right now together with other municipalities, what is quite cool, we have this other product called the uh, Fact Movement, a national product, mm -hmm. where uh, where we are in a different cities, Karlstad uh, among others, uh, are uh, like recruiting micro influencers, <laughs> like people with with uh, like a, at least a small number of uh, followers on Instagram, Instagram, and they are taking a like a a, a wow a, a wow to not uh, to not buy anything new for nine months. And during this time, they get coaching and uh, yeah, information about how to consume textiles more more sustainable. Yeah, really cool. That's really inspiring. Because usually the influencers that we see today, they're more into making people buy. So that is yeah, true. Yeah. Big problem. I would just like to just to mention for everybody listening that. Uh, and especially for municipal people working in municipalities, that there is sometimes people doubt this, but there is a lot you can do actually, both as an individual and as a municipality. And even if uh, when you speak about if you work in a municipality, sometimes you have to like you don't have the direct influence over stuff, but you can still work indirectly and have a huge impact as well. And I think that you you will uh, multiply that impact if you join with others, of course. Always stronger together. Of course, yeah. Okay, then thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was really Thanks for having me. That was a pleasure for me to hear you, and I think everyone will learn a lot from this discussion. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for listening to this episode of Acting for Sustainability. You can find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and also on our webpage for more information. And we would love to hear from you for any suggestions and ideas. So see you very, very soon. soon.